Thank you for tuning in to Morning Moments with Pastor Bruce Goddard from Faith Baptist Church. We pray that this is a blessing to you. Welcome. Great to get a few minutes together today. How thankful I am for the people of God, for the work of God, for the Word of God, the house of God, and um, and the challenge to do the will of God in spite of the the uh, messed up world that you and I live in. It's a great life. Um, Paul wrote about us reigning in life by the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, we're not uh, we're not peasants and paupers. We're not to be kicked around. God has a God has the power of his spirit and the power of his word available to us as his children. And it's a great opportunity, a great privilege to represent the King of Kings. And I hope you don't take it lightly. And this world's a mess. They, they don't know what they're doing. The, uh, the world is confused over everything from communism to socialism to uh, a, uh, a representative uh, democracy or republic. And obviously those are different things, but, but there's such a confusion. Um, people are confused over family and gender and, and um, allowing a minority, a very minute, loud, big mouth minority of the people to influence their, their decisions and their behavior. Take the, the um, Air Force Academy who just recently has said, that they've told their new cadets coming in when they're talking about their home and their background, they're not to use the word mother or father. They're trying to find gender neutral names. And um, I just think that's just as dumb as can be. Uh, you want to trust your national security to somebody who's uncomfortable using the word mother or father. It's all a political bunch of nonsense. But um, thank God that you've got a Bible to guide you to think clear. And we are blessed to be where we are. Um, I'm going to mention some verses in Romans 6 and some other places today. But I just want to take a minute about this culture we're in. It's a destructive culture. You know, the Proverbs says that a wise woman buildeth her house, but the foolish plucketh it down with her hands. When you want to destroy something, it's little comment by comment, one action after another, little things here, little things there. And... Uh, um, either Ecclesiastes or Song of Solomon, I didn't look the verse up, talks about the tiny foxes. It's not the big things that destroy the vineyard. It's the little things. Um, the prophet Amos, I believe it was, who wrote about a man who in the street met a bear and he ran and he met a lion and ran and went into the house and a serpent in his house bit him and he died. It's the little unknown things. It's the things we're not prepared for. And just thinking about uh, about this world, and I know that the, one of the terms, it's a new term, but it's I, I don't think it's inappropriate at all, this cancel culture that um, we're going to do our best to cancel you, to destroy you, to take you out of the public arena. And that's a sad thing. It's a sad thing that people would think they are doing society good by taking a good person and destroying them. And you take somebody who's done good and good and good and good and good, and then you find that one area in their life that was uh, that was uh, you know you find find the the freckle or the the flaw or you find the scar or whatever it might be, 
and and then to destroy that person. What a tragedy that people would live that way, doing that to other other humans. And um, and it's uh, you just think of well, there's a whole lot of things, but um, I, I just sitting here this morning, I was reading about Noah. Uh, Noah, he spent a hundred years building that ark. It had never rained. And if you want to read about it, the Bible talks about Noah being a righteous man. Then God, in Peter, God calls Noah a preacher of righteousness. So thousands of years later, uh, after the ark has been built, floated, landed wherever, and Noah's descendants all gone, God looks back and says, that man was a preacher of righteousness. What does God think of Noah? God thought he was a righteous man. And yet, um, gets off the boat and uh, plants a vineyard and makes some wine and ends up drunk. And then a tragedy occurs after that. And you look at that story, and if you want to destroy Noah because he got drunk, uh, I guess you've got the freedom to, to be a critic, a scorner, and, a, and uh, an idiot. But um, I, I know this, there are times when you've been under great stress and um, maybe you've been under uh, unbelievable, um, uh, just something so draining, so demanding of your soul and your heart and your body, and then it ends. Sometimes people do foolish things, and I've heard stories of people coming home from the military and, and standing unbelievably valiant for certain circumstances, and and then coming home and just becoming a drunk. Uh, not just drinking, but but making it their life, and and um, this old body is so frail, and and we can push our mind and push our bodies so far. That's why we need to renew our mind daily with the Word of God. But I'm not throwing out Noah because he got drunk, and yet these are these are days um, when when people have they're happy to do it. David, David was called a man after God's own heart. You know, David wrote, I'm thinking he wrote more Bible than anybody except Moses. And uh, all look at all those Psalms that David wrote. And and God loved David. Uh, Jerusalem is called the city of David. Jesus is called the son of David. Um, boy, David was special to God. There's no way you're getting around that one. And in here with this great heart of God, um, uh, loving David and David loving God. And you read the Psalms, oh, how David loved God and worshiped God. And yet at the right moment, wrong situation, you know, wrong place, wrong time, wrong circumstances. At a time, it says, when kings go forth to war, David should have been out with the soldiers, but he was back home, walk on the rooftop, and there's Bathsheba. And a lot of hurt followed that story. He ended up killing Bathsheba's husband. And just a, he didn't kill him with his own hands if you don't know the story, but he definitely made the military decisions and made it arranged so that, that Uriah died. Uriah, faithful, faithful uh, soldier to David. And, uh, but you know, we don't, if you have any sense at all, you don't throw out David, you don't throw out the writings of David, you don't throw out the life of David. You learn a lot about leadership, a lot about dealing with people from David. Um, David was, uh, in my opinion, um, he was not a good father, at least the things God chose to record. Um, he was a poor disciplinarian. There's one of his sons, you, you read about 
it says that David never said no to him. Now, we call that a spoiled brat in our culture. Well, not in our culture. Uh, now he's a, a, a wonderful child. But in, when I was a kid 50 years ago, that'd be a spoiled brat. And uh, David didn't deal with Amnon when he did wrong. He didn't deal with Absalom when he took care of the wrong with Amnon that David should have done. And David let some things go. But, but you know, Romans 3 says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We're not gonna we're not gonna get through this life without number one making mistakes, number two sinning. I mean sinning, intentionally violating the command of God. I'm not gonna soft soap it. I'm not gonna salve it over. Um, you know, some people made mistakes. Yes, they did. A lot of people, all of us, made mistakes. But I'll tell you what else: we've sinned. We've looked at something that was wrong, and we chose to do the wrong thing when we could have done the right thing. There is no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. God is faithful. God will make a way of escape. He may be able to bear it. First Corinthians 10 tells us. And so we're sinners. And, and um, um, But, you know, we ought not destroy somebody because they turned out to be a sinner because pretty soon you're going to destroy yourself. You're going to find out you just might be a bigger sinner than the person that you're destroying. Now, you may be able to justify your sin somehow, but, but we don't want a culture that destroys people. I was just on the phone with a preacher, a good man, and um, and he had a church and and it was a good a good church and a lot of potential and I was I was excited because the area needed him and uh, and the next thing I, I hear he's gone he just left and I thought well none of my business and I'm not his boss or lord and and I find out after a while he's at this other place and and um, pastored there for a while and the next thing I hear about he's in a whole different he's not pastoring he's doing it's ministry but he's doing something totally different. And uh, oh, year or two pass, and I hear his name, and 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 he's pastoring again in another area. And I think, you know, I'm all for for following God's leading, but I'm a stayer. Uh, there's a young man who's going to start a church, and I heard about it. So I said, well, we'll we'll help. We'll take some offerings. We try to help people starting churches, and and wanted to be helped to him. And and uh, the next thing I know, I get a letter that he's starting another church in another state. I thought, what happened to the last church he started? Uh, does it have a pastor? Is it just, did it just not work? And, and, uh, and then the next thing, you know, another year or so, he's, he's in another state passing, uh, starting a church. And, and um, he asked me if I could help him. I said, you know, if you stick around a little bit, I'll help you, but, but you're going to need to stay a while. I don't want to pour God's money into something that's going to disappear in three months. And I, was, I wasn't unkind, but I said, look, we we need to have churches built, not just a gathering of people. And then the pastor disappears. And, and now, oh, I guess he's been at that church at least 10 years, maybe 15 years. And we've helped him on a few occasions, bought chairs for him and different things. Why? But, you know, we're not, we're all weak. We've all sinned. And I'm not saying bouncing place to place is a sin, but instability is dangerous. Um, uh, Jacob said of his, of his uh, firstborn unstable as water thou shalt not excel and proverbs says meddle not with them that are given to change but um again the idea of of destroying somebody because they sinned what foolishness now if a person has a lifestyle a pattern of ungodliness a pattern of drunkenness a pattern of drug addiction a pattern of whatever it might be now it would be wise to distance ourselves from, and everybody's got their own right to make a decision at what point they want to do that. 
Um, we don't know what's in another person's heart, and, and everybody's got to make their own decision. Um, I may, uh, I may not have someone preach for me, but I would go to dinner with them, and I would I would love them and try and be kind to encourage them. Uh, I may not have somebody um, teach a Sunday school class or have any position in my church, but I would want them to know that they are cared for and that, that they have hope. Um, just because they are not going to be an employee of your business doesn't mean that you can't be good to them. Go golf with them or something. And I'm not a golfer, so uh, to me to spend three hours walking around the field being frustrated with somebody I don't really like, that none of, that, none of that's very attractive to me. But, but I want to be good to people. And I want to encourage you, avoid this culture that wants to destroy people. What was it they did to Jesus? They, they tried and tried and tried to find a way to destroy him. That's what, that was the whole, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Herodians, the, the religious crowd, they did everything in their power to try and make Jesus look bad. They did everything in their power to try and, and um, get him to be, appear to be a lawbreaker. And in that last um, trial, that mock trial he had, um, they were bringing in witness after witness. Can't somebody say something against this man? And they finally found two people whose testimony agreed. And they, and they took what he said out of context, which is just so typical of, of critics and satanic accusers. Um, and uh, they said of Jesus, uh, this man said he'd tear down the temple and build it again in three days. And I'm thinking, well, do you get the death penalty for saying something? They, of course, it was he was talking about his body, not the physical temple. They were dumb enough to not know the, the Bible. But, oh, they finally found something. And, but it wasn't enough to have a death penalty. And, and uh, he finally had to, on purpose, say something so that the high priest could say, there we go. We finally got something. He had to give them a chance and you know this this cancel culture is nothing new. It's satanic, and they did their best to destroy Jesus. And Jesus committed himself, Peter writes, to him that judgeth righteously. And you can commit your life to the Lord. He knows what's going on. You can rest in Him. <clears throat> if somebody's trying to hurt you, but for all of us, let's not live in this life of this world of of destructive uh, thinking and destructive writing and destructive talking. Um, I'm very strong in my Bible beliefs, but I don't want to destroy somebody who believes differently. Now, if they're in our church, teaching our people subtly, underground, um, trying to divide, uh, I might deal with the thing a little more bluntly. I don't know that I'd ever say a person's name, but I do. Uh, I might deal with it. To per my job as a pastor, my God-ordained job is to be the bishop or the overseer of the church. It is my job to keep wrong doctrine out of our church. But it's not at all, um, not at all my desire to to destroy somebody who differs from me. And uh, oh, I think of the liberals in politics. As an American, I just cannot stand these people. I feel that they are they're trying to destroy our nation. But oh, I'd want their marriage to go well. And I'd want their kids to grow up and have a happy home and to marry and have families. And, and uh, I wouldn't wish any ill on them. If somebody wanted to destroy me, um, I just, uh, I can't imagine that because I like me a lot. But uh, uh, somebody, 
somebody wanted to uh, to destroy me, I, I would do what I had to do to protect my family if somebody's breaking into our house or whatever it might be. But but I'm not in the destroying world. I'm not in I'm not in this thing. Um, Proverbs talks about this scorner who uh, who just speaks so wrong, and um, the, the 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 critic and the scorner and the backbiter. Now over in Romans chapter six, he says, uh, Romans six. Um, let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body. That's our option. And in uh, Romans 6, uh, 13, and neither yield to your members as instruments of unrighteousness, but yield yourselves to God. And that's our choice. Um, we need to make a decision um, who we're going to yield ourselves to. But understand this, we all have that sinful nature. We all have that ability to go be and do as dumb and stupid and sinful as it can be as it can be thought of, uh, none of us are exempt from that. And so, um, but I, I even if if you notice that your parents um, aren't perfect, welcome to the club. My kids notice the same thing. Uh, you know, someone calls it the Adamic nature, the nature that we got from Adam that we are born in sin. And just because you got saved doesn't mean you quit having that Adamic nature. That's why the um, Bible says, I die daily. Um, and, and we've got to, like Romans 6, 11, reckon you yourselves also to be dead indeed into sin, but alive unto God. Um, then Romans 6, 12, let not sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in the lust thereof. We have a choice. We have a choice to do right. We have a choice to live clean. But the fact is, we don't always choose right. Now, because of that, uh, we ought to be merciful as God is merciful. I love that verse that God said he would be merciful to those who are merciful. I think, oh, I want God to be merciful to me. And no, I'm not going to try and destroy people. I'm not going to try and ruin someone else. I'm not going to try and make someone else look bad. Uh, they can make themselves look, you know, most of us are pretty capable of looking stupid and bad all on our own. And oh, I want to help you. Um, it's a happier life if you'll go through life not trying to ruin uh, somebody's business or somebody's church. You, know, you go into a restaurant. Um, I'm not real fond of this review thing that they do online. You go in there and, and uh, the owner's just first class and the cook is sharp and the ambiance is great and everything about the restaurant, the quality of food is high. But the waitress you got, her husband left her that morning and she's broken hearted. And she doesn't know how she's going to pay the bills. And, and maybe she was a little unkind to you. Or maybe she wasn't as attentive as she could have been. And uh, now you go online and you write a review about how terrible this place is. And um, I'm just not sure that that's the way you ought to do it. Now, obviously, you get hundreds of reviews. You're going to get the flow. You get 100 bad reviews in a row. Then there's maybe <laughs> might be an issue. Or there's a conspiracy. Uh, understand, that's, the way, that's not un, unheard of in this world we're in. And, uh, oh, I don't want to destroy the owner because he has a waitress with a broken heart. And I don't want to destroy the cook's job because uh, the person who wrote up the ticket wrote it up as scrambled when I wanted them sunny side up or whatever. Hey, let's love people. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to destroy Tom. I don't want to throw out Thomas Jefferson is in his brilliance because he owned slaves. Now, the world loved to have that happen. But you'd be hard-pressed to find people in that culture that didn't own slaves globally. 
And um, they would have, everybody today would agree it was wrong. And Jefferson and Washington, those they would have said in their day it was wrong. They were in a complex world. They weren't quite sure what to do, how to do it. And I'm not saying anything. I'm not denying that them or I'm not justifying them. I'm just saying they made some decisions. But I'm not going to throw out the brilliance of these men that helped give us a nation of freedom. The first place that really had the kind of freedom that we've enjoyed in the, in the history of the world that I know of. Uh, oh, no, those are, those are sinners just like anybody else. And they've made a mistake and, and uh, they sinned if they, they, they thought they could do something that they shouldn't have done, whatever it might have been. But no, um, if you're waiting for a perfect person to be your president, you're in big trouble. If you're waiting for a perfect person to marry, you're going to stay single. If you're waiting for a perfect pastor, um, you're in big trouble. And if the church is waiting for you to be perfect as a church member, they're in trouble too. So let's, let's do what we can. Um, let's love people. And, um, and let's, let's look, you know, when I was in school, 80% is still a pretty decent grade. 90% is really good. And, uh, you show me a guy who was good at work and good as a dad and good in paying his bills and treated his neighbor right and was careful with his behavior, but he didn't do well as a husband. <clears throat> Some things fell, fell by the wayside. He didn't handle things well and lost his marriage. No, I'm not going to write that guy off. Uh, he, he scores nine out of 10 in my book. And 90% is a pretty good, pretty good grade. So let's love people and let's give them all the grace that we possibly can because we want that grace when our days of trouble come. Hey, have a great day. Thanks for joining us.